This episode of Vic's Basement is brought to you by EB Games. Support us by buying your video games at EB Games. Welcome to my basement, everybody. Hello, Scott Jones. Perk up, buddy. Come on. I need to take a break. Come on. Go get some coffee. Perk up. I feel low today. What's happening? I felt great walking to work. Yes. You know, I had this moment. Usually when I'm walking to work, I uh, I feel sweaty and hot and like I'm running late. And today, I just walked at a slow, even pace. I I heard birds singing. I got a little bit of sunshine on my face. It's beautiful. It's Friday. Yeah. You know, who knows? Something good might happen this weekend. And then maybe about 20 minutes ago, I just uh, you, took a turn. You started reading terrible I got, internet. I got into BS. yeah, the internet. Like the internet. Screw the internet. It's like a it's like a it's like a time of pl- a plague time that we just have to live with. You know what you, you and I are doing? We're playing uh, volleyball with our a uh, our emotional uh, roller coaster our upheaval about what's happening in the video game industry. Sometimes I'm down and you pick me volleyball. up. Sometimes you're down. Yeah, we're playing volleyball. You're you're lofting it back over to me. I'm lofting it back to you. You and know what I'm really good at is pocket pool. <laughs> if you played that, no I have, rules. I have that, In yeah. fact, the fewer yeah. rules you have for That's pocket pool, the more fun it is. Awesome game. Yeah, uh, yeah but the, yeah, okay, uh, the, state like of, the state of the, uh, the uh, video not. game industry let's is, is uh, tumultuous. Let's not. Yes, it is. I don't want to. Okay, we're not going to talk about that. I, I really don't want to. I just feel like that's become, you know, just it's become the refrain week after week on the show. I know. And, and That's I what I said last week. I don't want to talk about week. how dire it is. And, yeah. And and yes, some big games have come out and they've let us down. Uh, but we're on the cusp of uh, staring a Titanfall in the face, mm-hmm. eye to eye. We also have Infamous Second Son, just a couple of weeks away. We've First got a new taste of Metal Gear, Ninja Gaiden. We've got a yep. new Metal Gear. Uh, all these things excite me. Yep. Uh, I can't wait to play this. I don't know why. I'm very excited about this Ninja Gaiden game. For me some too. Reason. It looks cool. It looks very cool. And Keiji Inafune is uh, part of it. And I've mm-hmm. always been a big fan of his work. I mean, that's what we need, right? That's all that we need is we just need a bunch of games to come out. And when yeah. we had a bunch of games coming out just early, you know, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, mood was perked up a little bit. But because it's dropped down and, and Thief let us down a little bit, we're, we're feeling a little bummed out about games right now. But all we need... Donkey Kong let me down a little bit. Donkey Kong too. Yeah, yeah. all we need, though, are, are you know a nice little wave of new titles. They, and, it, and it will come. You and, know, I was thinking about is like 2007, 2008, yeah. even 2009 and 10. It was like probably, you know, what it was like to be a gay man before AIDS because it was just an orgy all the time. <laughs> we just had games everywhere and now we have now we don't now it's just like there's just this kind of pulling back. We can't have the fun that we used to have. It's yeah, it's totally different. I, I you know what I think would also be an antidote to our, sort of our emotional sort of ride that we're on right now is if iOS and and Android stuff was better, you know. Like people are making this these leaps to these other ways to distribute their titles, but they're not that interesting. They're not that great, and they should be better. And yeah, you've been it, playing that threes game. I can't remember the last time I even downloaded anything from my phone or yeah. my my iPad, and, and, that, and that used to be our almost daily ritual for both of us. And we'd be talking about what's exciting and what's hot, and what's what do we need to get, and what do we need to play right now. Uh, and there are you know some cool titles, and threes is is pretty fun, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a weird transitional time. I think what's happened is a lot of people made that leap to mobile. They experimented. They built some stuff. 
And then PlayStation and Xbox started to uh, go back to a lot of the development community and, and have started to court them back to the console space. They've dipped their toe in with some uh, new indie titles, and we're starting to see some more downloadable indie stuff on both of those machines. But I think also uh, there will be a bit of a reverse migration back into some of the bigger studios if these consoles continue to sell at this pace. If these machines keep pulling uh, new consumers into this material, the material will come back. It's a funny thing happened last night. Uh, I was sitting, uh, I have a little room that's devoted to, uh, well, it's where the cats go and play. The cat room. It's the cat room, but yeah. it's also where all my games are, my, uh, my consoles. Every, uh, you know, if highfalutin you, yeah. bachelor out there has, if, a, has if, a cat room. If you want to have fun, this is the room. It's the fun room. Okay. The cats call it that, and I call it that. So I was in the fun room last night, and you know what? I'm sitting in front of probably about uh, 40 billion dollars worth of consoles yeah. and a PC and a beautiful big screen television yeah and I decided to read yeah I wanted to read <laughs> I'm reading uh, an autobiography and I just like you know what I'm fuck it I'm just gonna read tonight and yeah. so I just the lighting is good in there I got a nice beautiful light and then while I'm sitting there this funny thing happened I looked at the Wii U which is right in front of me and, and you know how usually it's got like a little light on it that's uh that's red yeah there's a red one and a blue one all of a sudden, this was so eerie, the red light turned to yellow. Oh, yeah? And it was yellow for a little while, and then it turned back to red. Awesome. So did you make up a, a game in your mind with that? No, I just wonder what it maybe, was doing. Maybe did that was it, a stoplight for mice. Did it connect to the mice? internet for something? Did it, yeah, did it, to was the it downloading yeah. something? Was it trying to say, play with me? No, I think it was, on. you probably got an auto-update. You think so? Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. It was spooky, though. <laughs> I thought I had a poltergeist. Yeah. Play with me. I thought I had to call that little woman. Don't forget about me. That tiny lady who goes to the house in poltergeist. <laughs> yeah. And she tries to get the ghosts out, but then she can't. Well, we uh, uh, that that was a good story about uh, your stop, stoplight from mice. But I think what we want to talk about is uh, what we've been doing this week, and it is... Uh, High-speed self-pleasure, well, both of us. Yeah, okay. What else? Well, we went to the movies. That's a given. We've well, gone to the movies. Well, you know what? We've been, we, we're a little, let's just be f- frank with these people. These people are our friends. Yeah. They admire us. They're listening to our podcast. Yeah. Can we be frank with you? Can we be frank yes. with you? Uh, we're a little late on our uh, Rocket and Raygun movie show yep. this year, so we're preparing that. We had some big plans we were going to roll out. Then we realized that we didn't quite have the resources or the people to make that happen, and we couldn't do it quite as quickly as we had hoped to. Well, the other big and thing is we hadn't seen everything. I was going to say that. Okay. But Sorry. go ahead. I was getting there. It. I steal your thunder. You did steal it once again. Call, yeah. call me steal your thunder, Lucas. Yeah, no. We. Uh, <laughs> it's like when I used to make love to my ex-wife. You used to just run in at the end after I did all the hard work, and you would enjoy the orgasm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically what you do to me on the show every okay, day. Okay, tag. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, so yeah, we went to the movies. We, we you had a couple of uh, gaping holes uh, in your movie. Watching. Everything is just dirty with you. <laughs> Every every damn thing is dirty. No, we a couple uh, of gaping hairy holes. We, I hadn't seen I hadn't seen her, and neither yeah, of us had seen. I kept pushing uh, for you to see her. The Wolf of Wall Street. I hadn't seen Anchorman two yet either, which is crazy. Oh, they released like a weird, uh, 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 like sort of a director's cut version yeah. in theaters last weekend. Well, you know what happened weekend. is we we wrapped on. Um, we both uh, went to our tropical islands. No, but we we had vacation and you know I've, uh, we just, New Year's. Yeah, we just out, we just you know. didn't really uh, yeah. 
have to go and crank and see a bunch of movies and we were also making less reviews on the run episodes when we came back and they were more about what was current instead of having our you know jumping right back into a five week cycle or five per week cycle so we didn't have to race to go and see everything that we also have a family and that because otherwise normally you would have tried to cram all these movies in your eyes over the holidays yeah uh, and then when I got back, you would have said, oh, I saw these movies. You go see them too. And I would have been like, I don't know. I need to see 12 hours worth of movies in two days. Okay, so thanks, so that's what, kind of what we've been doing. But we've, instead, we've the roles a lot were, of movies. were reversed yeah. because this year I saw a few movies right yeah. when we came back to work that you hadn't seen. And so uh, you, we filled in the blanks a little bit this week. You went to see her. Yep. And uh, did you enjoy that? I was absolutely floored by the quality of her. I, I didn't it's know what good. to expect. I yeah. thought it was going to be arty and I'd heard some... Uh, some kind of negative buzz about it. Some people that had Ooh. kind of a, a negative reaction to it that Boy, it was it too like precious an and too, uh, uh, you know, too cutesy. And and uh, who said that? Because I would like t- to eat their liver with some fava beans. But it, it's a staggering piece of work. It's such a beautiful film. It's so well made. You're running and, out of superlatives. Uh, well, it was just so well made and crafted and beautifully acted mm-hmm. and beautifully written and prescient and scary and ominous and romantic and lovely and uh, topical and uh the list goes on you know honestly it's about a being in love with a machine you know this a is the inverse pardon me a man with a mustache a man with a, a, man with a mustache falling a very in love with an operating system very elaborate uh, video game setup and i yep. gotta say i don't know what the hell that game was but it looked pretty cool. Looked all right. I want to play that game. I want to walk somewhere with my index fingers just in front of me. I like know that. we're going to be doing that. I mean, the, the games that we got to play, see being played in Ender's Game and in Her are both a great tip to, you know, hopefully some cool ideas that, that are, are coming down the pipeline for us. You know? But it felt like Spike Jones, who wrote and directed this thing, yes. did a lot of research and a lot of analyzation of our current obsessions with blinky, flashy technology. And it was a uh, was holding up a pretty you know frightening mirror to what our society is right now because I'm sure that or comforting mirror if you're a lonely person. Well, also, but I, I would I'm like sure to fall in love with Scarlett Johansson's voice. Yeah, totally, but I think what's what's happening, you know, especially for people that are uh, in, a, in sort of more traditional fields, whether they're authors or they're they're movie makers or documentarians or whatever, is that they, they look at the technologically literate generations of of consumers out there, and that's most of us now, who always have phones in front of our faces, and they it must it must abhor them, it must freak them right out. And I can just see a guy like Spike Jones, who uh, you know is tapped in to some pretty uh, you know intellectually stimulating artistic creations, uh, being mortified by some of the conversations that he has to have with people in 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 Hollywood or in his circle or whatever where people are constantly looking at Twitter or looking at their phone or, you know, talking about the video games that they're playing. He is also a goofball, this guy, who isn't afraid to play. He was in Bad Grandpa. He was in Bad Grandpa. And, you know, he has fun. But I think the message here is... And it's not a... And I think this is why this movie is so amazing, is that it doesn't beat you over the head with it. There's a sense of empathy and understanding and and, um, there's no judgment about our obsession with technology but it's a it's a reflective kind of piece of work you know it's one of these things where it's like okay you know we we live in this reality we're not scared of this reality we're embracing it but maybe we should think about it for a little bit you know maybe we should we should uh 
put ourselves in uh, Theodore Twombly's shoes for a second and see how much of us is reflected in him. And is this the road that we really want to go down? Because it is unnerving, and you can see the, the machinery in uh, Joaquin Phoenix's eyes as he's, he's seeing everybody else having these conversations with their, their own OSs, you know, as they're walking down the street. I, I was just fully transported I've and noticed that fully since taken away. you've seen this movie, which was about 24 hours ago, you have redoubled your efforts to look at your phone even more, though, every day. <laughs> You're still, I, I don't even see your, I, this is the first time I've seen your eyes in days oh, you, that you've looked at me. I'm only kidding, but listen, a little bit. Uh, but, you know, one thing, I love the movie. I absolutely thought it was fantastic, and I agree with you that there's not, uh, he does he does a, he does the smart thing when it comes to, to presenting uh you know, uh, an argument or material he shows, but he doesn't tell you a lot, and he doesn't. There is no, there isn't a lot of judgment. There's in the no movie. judgment in the in the form of the characters. He, but there are. Twombly tells people that he's ha- he's in love with his operating system, and they're like, a, they he's accept okay them. with that. Yeah, yeah everybody. Yeah. It was blew me away. And there is a lot of uh, there are a lot of lonely, lonely people out there, and yeah. their, their only solace is trying to connect with other lonely people over the internet. But you know, recently your daughter had her second birthday. Yeah, and thank. You Thank you for inviting me to that. Yeah, I had a wonderful time. Yeah, thank you for coming. Uh, and uh, but I'm I was thinking about all those kids because the place was fucking overrun with kids. <laughs> like they were everywhere. I, I don't even know who they were. They're, yeah, they're, <laughs> are they gone now? Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, they're we not didn't find anybody like under the couch, no, yeah. the, couch, <laughs> the couch cushions. Are but right. I was thinking about those kids, you know, and I'm looking at all the adults and the parents, and every adult and parent was you know either they were looking at a phone to check their facebook or they were you know processing what was happening around them with a camera yeah and the kids were all just looking each other in the face and they wanted to be around each other and touch each other and connect with each other and somehow we lose you know i'm not we are losing this, it i'm not turning this into it i'm not trying to be a dick here but something happens between that age when you're two and three and four and five and suddenly you become interested the, your preferred choice to connecting with people, and I'm I'm as guilty as anyone. I, I don't like anyone calling me. I don't want to hear your voice. You yeah. know, <laughs> don't get it. Which is a great scene in the other movie that we just saw. Uh, what Wolf of Wall Street? But, okay. Uh, uh, and but I'm just looking at these kids and finding sh- you know just the joy on their faces and being around each other and seeing each other and they can't they couldn't get enough of each other. But what happens to us as adults that it, we, this is we, a new we phenomenon, leave that man. behind? This is a new phenomenon. I mean, the the these. Uh, these technological toys are marketed to us in such a, uh, uh, you know, strong way that we are compelled, like Pavlovian dogs, to race towards them and be fascinated by them. And, you know, and I say that without judgment because it's, I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody else, but this is what we are trained to do as consumers right now is to care about these technological toys and to acquire them and to be obsessed with them, whether they're video games, whether they're phones, whether they're computers, whether they're smart cars, whatever. We are, that, that's what we spend our time and our money and our time working to raise our money to spend our money on. That's what that's what every advertisement is about. That's what, you know, is in every magazine that we we read. Every it's it's all around us. We are all sort well, of obsessed is, I, with owning iPads and iPhones and tablets and and kick-ass computers. But it, it is kind of like a, it's like a plague, though. It's like it's making people sick. And I realize mm. in myself 
that it was making me so sick that I finally I had to take Twitter and Facebook off my phone because instead of looking around me at the world, I'm just looking to see if some you know if, a, if, if somebody else is looking around them. If there's photos of yeah, someone's jackass, some jackass's meal that they're having, some ramen they're having in fucking San Francisco, I'm like, what am I doing I, I with think, my life? And, I think this is a common conversation, though. No, and, it is. It is, and, 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 I, and I think that what we're doing. Because this is relatively new, and I think it really has to date to the smartphone. You know, we never had computers in our pockets to this degree until Steve Jobs got up on stage and said, look at this device. And I don't mean to demonize it. I think it's fantastic. And I think that it also allows us to instantly co- connect with people all over the world or that we but may have touched. Connect in a phony way, though. Well, maybe now. In a but, false it, way. but there are some beautiful things that come out of it as well. And I don't mean to disparage every possibility here, but I think we need to, like everything in our worlds, in our lives, we, we need to find the time and the balance. And we need to 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 actively disconnect and choose other things to do with our time you know uh-huh. and and i it, i am still learning how to do that obviously you're not doing well you I'm know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna I, say i'm still i've learning. asked you multiple times when we work together when we go to lunch or have a meal to take your phone off the table that lasted about two meals well i do pretty well with my daughter huh i do pretty well with my daughter I do pretty well with my daughter. I guess that's all that matters. And uh, you know, I do use the camera a lot, but I'm I'm tr- obsessed with learning how to take better photos. You know, not not, not on my phone, on my my regular camera. But yes, I'm as guilty of it as anybody else. And but I, I, think I don't. But what else do we do if we're not looking at our phones? Where else do we look? Where am I supposed to look at the su- at the sky? I at think the, at the newspaper. I think you so, know. Are those okay? Reading is great, man. Okay. You well, know? Uh, I've, I've, I'm going to make an announcement here. I'm getting. I'm leaving Facebook. Fully. Fully. I yeah. got to get out. Yeah. Like every time I look at it, I just want to throw up all over my desk. Yeah. I'm so tired of this whitewashed, manicured version of everyone's life. Yeah. And how much fun they're having, and how beautiful they are, and how beautiful everyone around them is. And there's just we've let le- we've lost our sense of reality, and we're getting further and further away from it. And I want to, I, I, you know, I want to start a revolution. I want to become like a David Koresh type. I think that there's a lot of people doing that, man. Yeah, and, I, I and I think that there's a lot of people feeling fully paranoid and freaked out and angry about, uh, you know, our data being mined and shared and, and stolen. It's everywhere. And Everybody know. knows everything now. I know. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to champion it or stand up for it. I, I, I feel, um, I, I feel you know, great joy in sharing moments that I'm having with my family on on something like Facebook, especially because I'm new and I wasn't expecting. Ruby was a total surprise, so it feels like I'm sharing these amazing things that I, I like some weird, crazy adventure that I never dreamed I would be on with people. And it, I'm also creating a timeline with those images and those conversations and those those things that I can reflect back on, and I like that. But you could do that privately too. And, and I, you know, I contemplate so that all the time. Yeah. But it also is a tremendous amount of work and organization. Like I don't write a journal. I don't keep. A, I don't keep a diary or anything like that on the things that I've, I've got going on in my life. And I kind of regret that because I've been on this, you know, tw- now twenty-year crazy adventure since I first kind of thought of. You're still sharp. You could write it all down. <laughs> I still could. Yeah. The Tommy years, chapter one. <laughs> but the thing that Facebook does provide is, you know, ever since I signed up in two thousand seven or whatever, I've got this thing I can look back on and it, it is like a uh, 
uh, a bit of a journal. I guess I don't really feel like I, I don't have a family. I just have two vaguely resentful cats. <laughs> I've got nothing to celebrate, really. I don't have any meals I need to take photos of to share with people. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe you know that's what? part I, of it. I, um, I, I read about that all the time. Instagram is very much like that as well. You know, it's like... It's it's showing off your possessions or your your adventures or your meals or, but fuck man like we. I, I read this quote last week from uh, I think her name's Carrie Brownstein. She's yeah. the one who's she's part of uh, the Portlandia twosome. Yep. With Fred Armisen. Yeah, his wife. I don't know if it's his wife. Is it his wife? Josh? Or ex-wife. Uh, anyway, she wrote this piece in the New York Times. Pfft, what a pretentious asshole I am calling it a piece. She wrote a story in the New York Times. Yeah. And she had a line in there, and I'm going to paraphrase it, and I'm probably going to botch it. But she said, most people feel like something isn't worth doing unless it's worth posting about. Right. And it, it's kind of like that really, that really, that really stayed with me. Yeah. That really, that really struck a chord. And it, it does feel like we're, we're sort of living our lives in this way where we're sort of telling this this you know sort of tale about who we are and what we're doing and where we are and what kind of people we're with well, I, through I, I, through this lens which really is I think we all feel this though Scott I don't think oh, that I it, know I, I, I'm I don't not think saying it, I'm, I'm alone I'm just we're just arguing two sides of the same yeah argument. and I, I, yeah. I you know I feel like we need to not make it a, a feel like a competition either you know like this technology doesn't win who won facebook today yeah with this technology doesn't win i'll tell you that it isn't about that it's not a competition it's but that's just how like, most people approach it though i think i don't know fuck i i i most know people I a, this is like. a heavy topic man and it's it, a good topic and, and, and this is what her it. makes you start thinking about which is great because yeah. we see so many movies that are so undercooked and just broad sketches of, of dog shit. And how and the, of and the her moment is a, is a is a fully fledged, totally. rich I, banquet. You know who of, I was thinking experience. of when I'm watching this movie is how much Stanley Kubrick would have gotten a kick out of it. You know how much he would have just applauded the work and how yeah. much he would have been well there. Said. Yeah, you know he would have just been like, "This is exactly what needs to be said right now." And maybe through the allegory of this film. And through conversations like this one and, uh, you know, similar ones that are going on all over the world right now, we will see some adopted changes that allow us to, you know, more uh, holistically sort of balance technology into our lives so that it does benefit us in some cool ways. Or we could go the Wally. Wally direction where we're just all fat people riding around in barca loungers with screens attached to our Th- faces. None of that sounds bad either. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, so her is your pick for uh, best picture uh, at the Oscars on Sunday. Her was the best movie of 2013, okay. without a question. Now we also saw The Wolf. I agree with you. The, uh, yeah. We also saw. So it's not Gravity for you. I thought for sure it would still be Gravity. Well, gravity was number two because you know the and we just watched that on Blu-ray. The review's uh, going to be airing soon, but the. Uh, it's not so much the film itself, which I think is, uh, and I think the filmmakers would agree that it's just a, it's a straight kind of nightmarish tale of what would actually happen in a situation like that with some cinematic embellishment. I think, you know, scientists have kind of taken a look at all of the uh, the theory and the, uh, you know, and the actual events that occur in the film and sort of taken it apart a little bit. But it's fantasy. It's, it is close to reality, and it, it, it was a pretty point-on-point reflection of what these guys would go through on that but the way it was made is the story you know the 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 fetishistic you know quality of uh 
you know, just harnessing the technology to build this thing blew me away. I, I mean, mean, I could you. I could I couldn't conceive of how the hell you would solve this puzzle and they did it. You know what they're great uh her and gravity are great companion pieces because thematically they deal with the same material it's humankind's relationship with technology yeah. and whether or not this technology helps us or hinders us in in obvious and less obvious ways. And uh yeah I loved both movies. Uh I just felt like there was something um uh, less movie like in her like it just felt oh god more honest yeah and and it, it's not a perfect movie and that makes me love it even more because i love things that aren't perfect you like know what's myself. perfect about it and i think this was definitely a decision on the film gravity is perfect though like, gravity is perfect is every perfect. frame yeah. of it is almost too perfect i, I know yeah, it's but you're not lost in the special effects, like you said in your uh, cynical Oscar story. There, mm-hmm. you're lost in the uh, uh, in in these characters. You're lost in in the the you know the velocity of these moments, which was so expertly crafted. I wasn't but even her, really thinking about how they did it, you know, while I was watching. No, I know, yeah, you, which but, is a testament to how. But on Blu-ray, when you watch it and you watch all the, it's like oh, you God. start to put the puzzle together and you're like. Holy shit! Like, how did you even hmm. sit in a room with all these geniuses and say, you know, tamp your egos down? Your little piece of CG wizardry is going to be used just in this piece of the frame, and your amazing robotic camera arm is going to be used in this piece of the frame, and your incredible LED light panel reflection on your actors is like, like that is orchestration at, at the top level man you know the thing that i didn't realize seeing it a second time was how few edits there are in, in the yeah. film you don't yeah. you, like if you count the number of cuts there's probably 20 cuts in well, the whole movie which is which is spellbinding children of men is one of my favorite film of all films of all time yeah, i love it yeah. and, and now because of uh uh, of this film, Alfonso Caron is, at, you know, he's at the top of my list. You know, like I, of my favorite directors out there, I cannot wait to see what this, this cat is, the is thing, up to I, next. I'm looking at George Clooney and Sandra Bullock. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you were an actor. You know what this is like. And yeah. you know, Caron, you know, like so much was dependent on technology here. They yeah. had this vision. They overreached. Well, they had D- Robert Downey Jr. and Angelina Jolie set to be those characters, and Downey quit because he couldn't, he couldn't improvise. He had well, to leave. And it would have been a very different movie. Oh, yeah. I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much if those two were in. They're, they're, those two are both a little too acidic or something. Uh, you know, Sandra Bullock and and George are they, they're so they're wholesome. They're perfect for that for yeah. the, the, this movie. But the um, I uh, I uh, forget what I was going to say. I'm a human being. Oh, that they were healthy and all the crew was. Uh, no, I, I, that was another point. Uh, no, this is what I wanted to say is like I. You don't know, as an actor, you don't know what the final product is going to look yeah. like. And the fact that you see these two actors, it's like, I hope this turns out okay. Yeah, they're, they're dressed in like the silliest, crazy duct, duct tape suits it's and madness, stuff. It's yeah, madness, It's crazy. Yeah. Like, and, and it's just like, yeah, they, got, they just have duct tape everywhere and there's green screen everywhere and there's this weird panel pushing in and out. You're like, I hope a good movie comes out of this. <laughs> but imagine but how that's blown the away they must have been. Yeah, man. but you don't know. He didn't know either. I'm sure he was surprised too that it all came together as well as it did. He's he's up there now, man. He's like, like honestly, Spielberg, Soderbergh, Cameron... You know, it's a little soon. He's those up guys there. made a lot of good movies. I know. Listen, uh, but her, Paul Verhoeven, Paul Verhoeven for sure, never made a bad movie. And you know what? I misspoke a couple weeks ago. Somebody corrected on Twitter. I, I attributed Sliver to him. That wasn't him. Oh yeah. Well, uh, uh, her the 
the shots of the film are like a commercial all the way through. They're mm-hmm. beautiful enough that every 30 seconds in that movie could be, uh, you know, a, t- a, a television commercial. And that runs counter to the sinister kind of qualities of the messaging in the movie. And that also makes it a particular brand of genius as well. You know, that this is this utopian, idealized idealized version of what our future, uh, you know, sort of blending with technology is going to be. And it's framed and painted. It's never not sunshiny. Uh, You know, it, it was sumptuous to watch, but it was also... The counterweight of it was like, oh, my God, this is really creepy. It was just an amazing masterwork. All right, listen. Oscar talk needs to march on now. It's getting a little warm down here in the basement. Let's talk about The Wolf of Wall Street. This was another motion picture that uh, we missed over the holidays. Heard a lot of good things about people raving about this thing. I was a little daunted going in, thinking about that Mm three-hour-plus runtime. Bring a pillow. I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to get through it. In fact, when you showed up, you wanted to go to one of our favorite coffee places. They wouldn't let you bring a coffee in from outside. You demanded that they open up the latte stand (laughs) and fix a latte for you. You'll be goddamned if you're going to try to watch The Wolf of Wall Street without your latte. Now, another another digression here. The theater we saw it in, totally empty. Yeah. Somebody in there was smoking pot. I know. And I, I'm just like, how high do you need to be to get through this three-hour <laughs> Like, somebody kept smoking pot through the whole thing. Uh, well, it was is, driving me nuts. I hate it, the smell of pot. I've never been a pot guy. Uh, it certainly is a celebration of uh, getting high, though, this movie. Holy Christ. It was it was fun. It was, it was cool. It was something no, that... Oh, you didn't like it. Uh, no, I did like it, but I feel like... You know what? Scorsese is an incredible filmmaker, and the thing that blows me away about him is that he hasn't lost a step at all. No, he hasn't, th- he's he hasn't an old slowed man, down at and he all. Ma- he still makes movies like a young man. I know. And he whips the camera around just Shit, like as yeah. ferociously as he ever did. Music and he still, blares. There's he, edits and cuts and all kinds of crazy shit craziest performances out of his actors that just seem like high camp or parody, but they seem real. They seem expertly crafted actual individuals, human beings. And then he weaves these unbelievable stories, but they're true. You know, they're reflections of reality. And it's like he sees this sort of this this pop comic booky kind of vantage point on how to craft these larger than life stories, and somehow makes. I don't know this the, this the crazy kineticism of the way that he he puts his stories together uh, still seem and ring truthfully. Well, know? everything is hyper realized. Yeah, I think the word you use the right. I think everything does feel borderline cartoonish, but it never quite lapses into full blown cartoon every step of the way. But how always, does he still, still manage to make it feel authentic uh, and, yeah. and visceral every, like you are right there in these like Jonah crazy Hill moments? Looks, his character is ridiculous. He's yeah. wearing some sort of teeth inset thing and he's yeah. got this, these pastels on through the whole movie and he's got this weird uh, curly hairdo that he's got and he's a believable character. He's a full rich three-dimensional character. Everybody, uh, and, I mean there's this, the room and the space in this thing with three a three-hour runtime to grow all the characters and in, 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 into real people. Well, but they're you know they are all masks of the the char- people that they want to be you know, and they're all sort of propped up by the drugs that they're inhaling at a ferocious pace. And they're but the scenes where they are doing the drugs and and sort of 
uh, living through these drugs, I've never seen on film before either. And I think that no, was and that's, what... We live in a post-Scarface world. And, yeah. and, and, and the, there's excess on display here that I feel like is a whole new level. And well, I just... You can't do anything except sit back and just laugh. Yeah. And... and and but look he, at how the ridiculous spectacle, the bacchanal of it all. Yeah, and he puts the camera in places that I've never seen in any drug or booze scene ever. You know, like there's scenes where DiCaprio is is completely wasted and he's he's leaning on uh, on Jonah Hill and he's looking up at him and we've got the camera over the shoulder looking down at this drooling, completely fucked up DiCaprio trying to just, you know, make his way through this second, this next 60 seconds of his life and it just feels so real, you know? And it's just, I, it, it was amazing. And, and half of the movie, you're just sitting there with your mouth wide open in disbelief that this shit really went down. And I bet as, as you know, sort of animated and violent and... And uh, you know, kind of shake you up, kind of uh, sort of storytelling that this guy has been able to craft in this movie. It's just a pale sort of reflection of what the reality was. No, no, no. This is hyper realized. I'm sure yeah. the real story is 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 not nearly as as teased or as the stakes aren't as raised as they are in the film. He has to raise the stakes a little bit visually. You know, I'm sure. He, I mean, do you think his wife looked like that? Do you think the Jordan Belt Belf Belfort doesn't look like Leonardo DiCaprio? This this is through the lens of Martin Scorsese, and I did feel this weird kind of pull of sadness while I'm watching the movie because I know he's not going to make movies forever and yeah. this is I just sat there and you know me I always go to the bathroom at least two three times in a movie right. I went zero you for all go. three hours yeah. yesterday yeah. and I was, I, I was riveted to my seat the entire yeah. step of the way and the first thing I would usually say at a movie that's three hours long is why didn't they just turn this into a miniseries or a TV series? No, this works as a movie. It has a terrific beginning, middle, and end. Every step of the way is compelling. There are a couple of moments when the wind kind of goes out of the sails a little bit. There are a couple speeches that Leonardo DiCaprio delivers as Jordan Belfort that feel a little redundant. redundant. Yeah, I don't, he's, he's, he's not really delivering any new information. He's just yelling there, and yeah, shaking there are his a lot fist of and slicking his hair yeah, back. And, hammered and, and screwing Hooker, uh, you know, or, or completely wasted scenes. But I then, loved it. It just felt like this, this voyeuristic... Uh, well, the, you know, into a world that I have no connection uh, to. You realize how how just empty and vapid Wall Street is, and, yep. and all of these guys who and are just clamoring for money. And and Scorsese yeah. has done the gangster picture over and over again, and this is the new gangster. And even the gangs of New York was, you know, a part of that oeuvre as well. well this is uh, the ca the counterpoint to this is Goodfellas, or the the template for this is Goodfellas, yeah. and it has that that Goodfellas uh, energy. Throughout the whole thing, and, I, and and there are certain. I leaned over to you at one point. I said he sounds like Ray, Ray Liotta, the the voiceover from, uh, uh, and he breaks the fourth wall the same way that Frank Underwood does. Yeah, DiCaprio's terrific in this, but Jonah Hill, I think, really steals the oh show. Oh my god, just so many terrific performances. I, I would, I want to see this again, and I want to see it at a more leisurely pace rather than trying to cram. I, I don't think it's as good as into three hours. Casino or Goodfellas, though. I don't think it's it, not as good as Goodfellas. It's definitely better than Casino, though. I don't know. Casino really rocked me. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. But the thing that, I, you know, I, I really enjoyed it, and it was fun as hell. It's I would probably score it at about an 8.5. But it's a movie about another scumbag. Again, yeah, reveling in all of that stuff. That doesn't really bother me because he, he, he likes to spend that time in there. But I feel like Scorsese has this other gear, the Age of Innocence gear, and I want that employed a little more. No, I don't more. want that. This is this is my favorite Scorsese gear. Yeah. I think you know he he I you know I think he he was raised uh, repressed 
Catholic and an Italian family. I think nobody does excess the way that Scorsese does, and I yeah. think he just revels in it. He he knows how to shoot it. He knows how to celebrate it. He knows how to get that all on screen. But just like Goodfellas, at the very end of the movie, there's the sobering light of day when you have to pay for your oh, the sins. Morality tale, yeah. There's the Old Testament kind of punishment that mm-hmm. comes in. Uh, you know, like good, the, my least favorite part of Goodfellas is like the last 45 minutes, and the, everything up to that point is so fun. Yeah, and that's the same for this movie once we start you know once Kyle Chandler's FBI agent comes in and lowers the boom uh, it's just the movie that sense of fun and playfulness but it you know, Everybody it's necessary. Pays a price. You That's the pay, message. Yeah, you got to. The, the, the Old Testament. And, and, like and the, you got to give, give up something. Totally. And the honestly, the uh, the common thread in all of his movies is is uh, don't stand out too much. You know, like don't make so much noise that you start to make everybody around you angry, you know, and want to get at you or kill you, you know. Uh, yeah, but it was it was great. I don't think it was as good as her. I don't think it was as fun as Gravity. No, I mean, there, but I, you know, like I, phew, man, this, I haven't seen this, American Hustle. That's the only one. Yeah, that's I to, saw left to cross off. I think of the uh, see it. of our rocket and ray gun potentials, and I I have to see that before we shoot our show. But that that's what this is all leading up to. Is we're actually going to do our ro- movie rocket and ray gun show. It's going to air after the Oscars. Obviously, we'll let the Oscar. Uh, we don't want to you know take any attention away from the Oscars. <laughs> You're an asshole. I uh, I think I like I think this is fun. I think we should try to go see some weird movies every week until the, the game industry decides to make good games again. We'll uh, we'll talk about movies because I lo- this is great. This is I haven't we never do this. You didn't you didn't play the Titanfall beta, did you? No. What do you want to tell me about it? It's awesome. Okay. It was so fun. It, right. it it really is candy. Uh, I read a good article today by Kyle Orland, though, who talked about... Um, Wasn't he the guy who tried to rent your house during the Olympics? Yeah, he, he was on uh, Ars Technia writing about it. He's talking Ars about Technica. Nin- Ars Technica, talking about uh, Nintendo shutting down the Wii... Uh, e-shops. And no, no, they're sh- they're, the shop is oh, open. the, the internet it's, service. It's yeah. the multiplayer gameplay for games like uh, Mario Kart um, on the Wii. 34 million copies that game sold. 34 million. Mm-hmm. So games like that, Smash Brothers on the Wii, and they're shutting off game play, multiplayer gameplay on the on these different consoles. And the thing that it, that Kyle brought up, which I thought was really smart, was what happens when Titanfall gets shut down. This is a multiplayer only game. Now that's not going to happen for you know eight years, years, maybe maybe not eight years. Okay, four, five, ten, you know, eight years, two, whatever. Two. But the that game exists. That game exists online. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what does that say? Mode. Because what, the smart message in his article was, why doesn't Nintendo just let consumers create their own dedicated servers for their titles? They can give, they can share the code, and they can let people, you know, rent or have space on the internet and let multiplayer matches continue on. You know, I, I would assume that Titanfall will let people do that. But what happens to these titles? Well, I'm guessing that they have some sort of uh, metric where. Uh, they, you know, once the numbers fall below a certain point, they're like, that's it, we put the lights out. And I'm sure it's going to be true of Titanfall. I'm sure they've already got that in place. Once the numbers, you know, once there are less than 100,000 people playing the game, or I don't know what number, you know, they they pull out or what what number they've projected, 
then they may as well turn it off. Like we're, we're going to piss off hundred. I mean, who's going to be playing this this game? I don't know. Two and years I, from now, and I, but I, you we're know, we're not even playing the same game two weeks from I, now. I know, but there are like there is a market for classic stuff. We're always talking about buried treasures and and awesome older titles and stuff like Can that. Can you still and, do uh, ad hoc in the living room? You could still play Mario Kart against somebody sitting next to them, can't you? Yeah. Just use your own but uh, Wi-Fi I don't, I don't know if Titanfall will allow for something like that. Maybe they'll have... <sighs> Honestly, like there's such a fast pace and, and, and a disposable nature to all these things. and, and maybe Which is the danger. That's the message. Is like, yeah, is no, this stuff that we're playing, is it just for now? Is it just a, a thing that we just engage in right now and then it's it's totally worthless? But there's a disposable nature to every entertainment. There's a disposable nature to most books. There's a disposable nature there, to though? most movies. There's a disposable nature to most TV shows. Don't don't yeah. we celebrate the cl- I guess this the classics rise to the top. Yeah. And we we reprint we them. Ha- every generation of every in every medium, that you know, we decide which ones are the best, and those are the ones we celebrate. Yeah, and we don't need to keep the server on forever. I, I don't know. I don't think it's such a big deal. All right, but you know, the, but I, I mean, it makes you stop for a second and think about these multiplayer-only type of experiences, which is what Titanfall is. Every MMO in, in history, in our rearview mirror, at some point they pulled the plug on it, and there were still pr- people probably playing <laughs> playing at the time. You know, remember yeah. the Matrix? <laughs> That's gone. <laughs> There's a lot of them that are gone. All right. Well, I, I guess I'm pouring one out right now for all the dead online it's not games. Even a, <laughs> I'm pouring it out right there. <laughs> Sorry, people that love that game and playing it online. You are oh. fresh out of luck. We got some good news about uh, Batman Arkham Origins. We got some DLC. Yeah, Mr. Oh, Freeze. Yeah, very First exciting. encounter. Uh, I'm still playing uh, Arkham Origins. That's... <laughs> I don't know Awesome why. game. I'm playing it on the Xbox 360. Have you heard of that console? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that That's came out uh, about... Console, uh, 2006. Long time ago yeah. yeah yeah back when you were 19 that's right no awesome game um, you, and you saw frozen you want to see a few words about frozen you want to sing I a finally, few bars i did finally see frozen yeah yeah let me sing uh do you want to build a snowman do you want to build a snowman do you want to build a snowman snowman let it go let it go oh okay my God. that's it that's Just, all you get you know if i squint it's like i'm here with joel gray <laughs> <laughs> it's a delightful movie, yeah. and my daughter is sitting there watching it with her with her mouth wide open, oh. just in awe of the. That's visuals. how I used to play video games. I know, and then uh, I did catch her completely beaming and smiling when the, little, the two little sisters are playing. She actually had this huge, giant, happy grin on her face. She connects. She's two years old. She connected with the story and the characters, and she just Ooh. was enjoying it. It was beautiful. Next thing you know, she'll be on Facebook. Next birthday party next year, all the kids on Facebook. Dad's a loser. (laughs) (laughs) What a nerd. (laughs) Yeah, do you want to talk about your action figure? Didn't you buy something? Oh, man, yeah, yeah, because we're doing doing the Thor uh, Dark World Blu-ray. We're making Scott watch it again. So watch his score rise from two. Did I give it a two? You gave it a two. It's a little high, I think. It's an asshole score. That's way too low. It's a reasonable score. It's a great, great movie. The movie sucks. It was so fun. Uh, But The Mandarin has a one-shot appearance. This has already been on the internet, so uh, sorry to those that have seen this already. But I hadn't. I watched the the special feature where we get uh, Ben Kingsley in prison as uh, Trevor Slattery and... uh, uh, there's a whole cool sort of you know new sequence with him kind of uh, doing this interview uh, with our buddy uh, what's his face from uh, Scoot yeah Scoot McNary from yeah. Monsters from Monsters uh, from Godzilla. Monsters but he w- what movie was he just in Killing oh, them from uh, Nonstop 
and killing them softly. And killing them softly. But we just saw him in nonstop with uh, Liam Neeson, which is okay. Uh, but uh, Scoop McNary is interviewing Ben Kingsley in the flick, and it's it's pretty damn cool. It was mm-hmm. really well crafted and directed, and I love the Mandarin. I love the character. I bought the Hot Toys Mandarin figure. I posted a couple pictures online, uh, and I I love this character. I think he's just so awesome. You'll never see me coming. I, I think he's incredible. So cool. He did a great job. And I like the two faces, you know? I like the, the, uh, you know, the reveal, the surprise of it all. It's just this trumped up kind of like we can screw with your uh, you know your ideas of what uh, you know the Marvel Universe is about now kind of thing I liked all of that monkeying with it it was great can I do my Frank Underwood yeah go for it somebody get Jackie Shop on the phone and please find Doug we have about one minute to solve this crisis <laughs> you're you're as good as Kevin Spacey now if no, he gets no. sick you could just step right in right in there that's awesome yeah. Well, we're going to have a little weekend of gameplay or going back, and uh, I'm uh, I'm jumping onto uh, everything for seven minutes. Uh, well, I'm, no, I'm jumping onto the uh, the Lego games. I want to get in deeper into Lego Marvel and deeper into All the right. Lego movie game. I feel your family's going to really enjoy you this weekend. Yes, that's yes, right. <laughs> and Marissa is coming this weekend. She's going to be in studio on EP starting next week. We're going to be coming up with some cool new stuff for her to do uh, with us on uh, reviews on the run. Yeah, very exciting. And and uh, and it's gonna it's gonna be awesome. I having thought her Sean here. was coming. Are you sure it's Marissa? It's Marissa. Oh, I, was, I don't know if I misread a memo or something. No, it's Marissa. Marissa Roberto. Somebody get Jackie Shop on the <laughs> phone. And please find me, Doug. We have one minute. We haven't a moment to lose. So I say we have Marissa in Vic's basement next week with us. Yeah, you and sure? we talk about her first week in do Vancouver. You wanna, should we clean up? We've never we'll had clean a girl up. down and, here. And here's the other thing that's happening. We, um, uh, we are uh, going forward with uh, some new streaming options. And next week at 1130. Oh, wants to see us. We are back. No, by Big space to see us. They'll never see me coming. Yeah, no, we're going to be uh, Vic Spaceman back on uh, see enough of us in on video TV. form. There's going to be a video stream. People can listen to it. The audio stream will still be going as well, or the audio download will still be going as well as the regular podcast. But next week, let's have Marissa into Vic Spaceman, and it will be video, and we're going to have a blast. Sound good? I can't wait, my friend. All right, brother. Have All a right, good look, weekend. Okay, I'll see you. I'll Facebook you later. Okay, sounds good. Right. Just to tell me that you quit Facebook? Stitcher. Stitcher! <laughs> <laughs>